All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This episode is brought to you by Manplow. Thanks, Manplow. Is this the Colton Orr? John, buddy. How you doing? What's up, man? Holy cow. Welcome, everybody. Another episode of Dropping the Gloves. I'm very, very excited today. I have one of the toughest human beings on earth, the one and only Colton Orr. Welcome, Colton. Thanks for coming, man. John, thanks for having me. Uh, great to be on here, and uh, like to have a little fun talking some uh, some old, you know, war stories that we have. Yeah. So when I was going through the list of people who I wanted to talk to, number one on the list was the only guy really to beat me up in the NHL league, hockey league. And Lyles, Joe, what happened? Now, now this is a major league heavyweight bout here. Scott is six eight and two seventy, and Cole Nor is in there looking up at a man for maybe the first time in his career. In his and down goes Scott. And I was like, okay, Colton Nor, let's see if we can get him. And it's funny because I've never talked to Colton before, other than on the ice, you know, tell him to fuck off and he's a pussy and stuff like that. But I've never talk to him so this is our first conversation which you know we'll see how it goes I, I think it's going to be great but yeah so I wanted to get Colton because he was the only guy well I, I got Justin Johnson but that doesn't count and Colton was the only guy to really you know 100% beat me up and so Colton can we just relive that that day where you beat beat the tires off of me well it, it's funny because there was uh I was talking about this with my wife actually Sabrina it was that lockout year, and it was one of those ones, as soon as the schedule came out and we had Buffalo on the schedule, it was like, okay, I, I, I got John Scott, and this is going to be home opener for us, and, you know, what else are we going to do? So, it's you know, I started pretty much, like, training just for that <laughs> game and for that fight. I had, like, marked on the calendar, and, you know, just one of those ones where you're ready to go, and I was like, my – uh, you know, just wanted to be wanted to get something going, and I remember we went pretty pretty early in the game. I think I chased you down the ice or or something. I'm not sure, I'm not sure exactly how it started, uh, but I remember do falling into your neutral zone and coming after you. Uh, I thought it was a pretty pretty good tilt, and uh, you know, I go and I wanted to ask, and because I've never really done this before, and I, I got you with a body shot, and. I want to know, was that what took you down or was it like something, you know, like how did, how did you view the fight? No, the, the body shop, the body shot dropped me like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> I got hit right. I don't know what it's called a solar plex or the stomach or whatever. 
I could not breathe for the life of me. So I went down to my knees and then Colton being the classy guy he is nailed me again in the face when I'm on my knees. Cause we were eye level at that point. I was going to say at that point, I think we were about even <laughs> we to chop you down first. Oh man. It was good. Like I thought it was, the fight was going good. We were throwing some punches and all of a sudden whack in my stomach. I was like, Holy moly, what happened? And I couldn't breathe. I was on my knees just like, I, I couldn't do anything. And the ref's standing there and you're skating off to the bench victorious. And I was like, no way. Like he hit me with a body shot. And, and the funny thing is I've tried this before. I, I didn't throw many body shots, but there was another time and it happened to be against another saber and it was Andrew Peters. And that one almost got me killed. Cause I started to go like rabbit punches to the like solar plex and it wasn't really landing. And he almost like took my head off. Cause I was just like focusing on the body. So I was lucky this one worked because usually body shots aren't very effective in hockey fights. No, uh, I don't think I've thrown one in my whole career just because I, I just never really thought to throw a body shot. But after you did that to me, I definitely thought about it because it works so good. You dropped me. If you, you well, after the I, fight, I couldn't, yeah. reach, I couldn't reach you, John. Wow. I couldn't reach you. I couldn't. I, I couldn't. Couldn't get enough. Uh, you know, you had a little bit of a height advantage on me. What are you six two? Yeah, about six two. Yeah. And then for those of you who haven't seen Colton, he is actually just chiseled from rock. He's just like the most jacked, strongest guy you'll ever see. So 6'2", but 220 probably, and just strong like a stinking bull. So he was not someone you would take lightly because I was 6'8", 260, and I was like terrified to fight you. That's why whenever we played Toronto, it would be you and Frazier, and I would always try to lean towards Frazier because – when we played Toronto, they would always dress a heavy lineup. It'd be you, Frazier, you had Frazier on the back end, you had sometimes Troy Bodie and a couple other American League call-ups, and it was just like going to war every single time we'd play you guys. And I'm like, yeah, that's what, that's what we were going for at the time. You know, we, we had uh, McLaren, we had Brown, we had uh, uh, Mark Frazier. Like, it was, you know, it was just tactical. Our, our whole, whole game plan was to, uh, you know, kind of, you know, scare teams. That was, and it's funny because, like, I remember it was always nice to have a guy like McLaren uh, in the lineup. You know, I was, I was, you know, I've been through enough of my career at that point where I could be a little bit more selective. So it was always nice to have a guy be like, hey, you want to take John Scott tonight and I'll uh, go after Coletta? Uh, you with that one. <laughs> you know, so Sounds it was always, good. Uh, it was always nice to kind of have that, you know, that, that guy to kind of lean on. Uh, you know, it was, to have on your team a guy like that was always you know because he'd go he was willing to go anybody oh that guy was he fought everybody and yeah i was lucky enough to have that when i came into league i had boogie on my team for a couple years and he just kind of paved the way and just i got to kind of pick and choose like you said and boogie would just take on the big massive heavyweights and i would just kind of take the the second tier guys so that that was that's a huge kind of what would you call it safe safety net to try to help you out there but anyways all right cool i I also wanted to talk about the whole phil kessel incident if you don't mind yeah i don't don't mind at all yeah it's funny these things happen with toronto so it was a preseason game it was a second the second year i think of my tenure in buffalo when we played toronto in the preseason and toronto still had a heavy team and they didn't dress you that game, but you still had a pretty physical lineup. And for some reason, Buffalo, they only really had me and a bunch of like little pests who would go around and start trouble. Who who do we have? No, because McLaren wasn't in either. You had I mean, Bodie, you had Bodie, Devane, 
Um, Frazier on D, Clarkson, if you want to call him a, a fighter. So you had four or five guys who could, you know, who could handle themselves. And I remember before the game, I told all those guys, because it was just me and my lineup. I was like, listen, if you guys want to fight, just come and find me and we'll be fine. And I think we were up two to one. And then one of our little guys on my line, he challenged Devane or Devane challenged him right after the goal. And Devane did a number on him. And I just was fuming while they were cleaning my guy up off the ice. And I remember going to your bench and Carlisle was your coach. And I don't know Carlisle from the hole in the wall, but he just has one of those faces that I didn't like. And I started yelling at him like, you prick. And I just, I looked him right in the face. I said, you put someone out here. I don't care who it is. They're going to fucking get it. And so two or three minutes goes by. I line up and he gives me a smirk and he puts out Kessel. I'm like, come on. And I'm like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? And I just said, all right, I got to do this. This guy's trying, he's calling my bluff. And so I looked over at Phil before the puck dropped. I said, Phil, heads up. I'm going to, I'm going to jump you. And the puck dropped and I didn't touch Phil, but I tried to get him. And now you know what happened. So I just wanted to know what happened after that game in the locker room. And then the the subsequent game coming up when we played each other, what was the mindset for you guys? So, so me and Fraser sitting next to McLaren sitting next to each other. We're furious. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like absolutely furious. Like I'm, I'm storming down to the dressing room at this point, Uh, (laughs) like trying to figure out something because I'm so angry that I'm on the ice. Like I'm like, can I take somebody's jersey? I'll go out there in like the third period as like, uh, you know, Bozak or something. Like let's find a way to get me out there. Um, So we're, it was, it was absolutely just like, you know, like, cause one of those situations where you're like, you, you, you know, when you're sitting out there watching and you can't do anything about it, you know, they're going after Phil Castle, which I, <laughs> I thought the baseball swing was actually uh, pretty <laughs> hysterical coming from Castle. Oh, yeah. And if he, cause, cause he, if you know Castle at all, like, he just would take that, you know, like in stride and be like, okay, you want to come after me? I'm going to, you know, I'll use my stick. Like, he just, had that kind of mindset, like, that's uh, fine. You want to try and fight me, I'll, I'll really yeah. chop, you da- chop you down. Um, and uh, I, I always remember when Kessel, he'd be in a couple, he's been in a couple fights, and uh, he, he always would come up on top against whoever he fought. I can't remember his opponents, but obviously there were never anybody, uh, you know, uh, in a, who would really be fighting too often. Uh, but so when he would get after, he'd get all excited, so. You know, at least he had the smarts to use a stick against you. Uh, but, yeah, this is one of those ones, John, where we were so mad at you. Uh, some of those ones because, like, I just try to think your mindset, though. Like, were you going to jump him or was this, like, a, a thing where you're just trying to show that, you know, don't mess around with one of our guys? Like, you know, Yeah, I, I, don't think I, I don't think I would have ever hit him. Maybe I would have thrown him around and just kind of, you know, I would have never tried to knock him out. But it was one of those things where – Carlisle and me, like we had an understanding. I'm going to fight whoever you put out next to me. And he just throws out Kessel. And I was like, man, it's the preseason. What should I do? Like, should I back down now? And I just said, you know, I'd what? If it wasn't preseason, I don't think I would have done it. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. <laughs> let's just, let's make it interesting. So now, now we mark the next game in our calendar. Yeah. We're gonna go, we're going we're gonna to come after you. Now, was this, I was that the next game? Was that the game when I fought Cleta and, and, and you fought McLaren? Yeah. That yeah. That was the game? next game, I yeah. think, on the schedule. So we were, we were sitting, this is a, we were talking, and I've, I've actually talked to McLaren about this just recently, and, and called them and wanted to like talk. And we were sitting in a dressing room, and we had one one thing in mind, and, and that was to 
they go after you, go after the, you know, to fight you. We're going to come after you. Um, and that's where he decided, we decided he's going to go you. And I don't know why I was going after Coletta. I think he was just a bystander that just happened to be on the ice at the time. No, he's just got one of those faces that guys like to punch. I, I would have gone after Coletta, too, if always, I was on the Leafs. I've, I've yeah. always wanted to get my hands on him. That was always my kind of – so I was happy to get out there and, and try and grab hold of him. Uh, but it was just – yeah, as well as those, you, know, you mark on your calendar. And you're like, we're coming. You know, you, you went after our star player, and uh, we're going to circle that in our calendar. We're going to come after you. We're going to, you know, try and – yeah, make sure it doesn't happen again. It's just that mentality. Yeah. No, uh, it's totally it understandable. Yeah. I, I remember getting ready for that game. I'm like, okay, I'm probably going to fight three times and get speared a hundred times. And here we go. It was just, well, you I know. Got, I, got, I got tossed. Yeah. Which was, I, got, I, had, I had a second shift. I, I, I skated across, across the club and I was, t- I was gone. Um, and, and then they, uh, who else was on my line? Um, Komarov, he got tossed. So McLaren's sitting there. He didn't get another shift because both of us got tossed. He had no line mate. So he was he's sitting there pissed because he didn't get another shot to get back out there. <laughs> so he got his fight in. Now he's sitting there and, you know, not getting able to play because we're both sitting in the locker room. Uh, yeah, but, you know, it was those crazy, crazy times. It's so funny how that works out. Do, do, do you think – do you miss doing that? Like, cause we both been retired for two years now. And sometimes I think I look back and I'm like, man, do I, I, cause I, I keep up with the fights, you know, who's doing what. And I watch the fights nowadays and they're just so boring and they're not entertaining. And then I'll go back and watch some of like the fights from the old days. And I'm not specifically saying me, but I watched a lot of your fights and you were an entertaining fighter where you just hauled back and just swung for the fences. You didn't really play defense. And it was just like, you think you're tougher than me? Let's go. And like, do you miss that, or are you kind of past that? Well, you know, John, it's one of those things where you kind of you miss the game. You, you, you know, like it was such a you know amazing ride to be able to play in the NHL, and especially for guys like us uh, to be able to kind of make it. And we found any way possible to kind of get there. Uh, and it's not an easy road. Everyone knows that it's not an easy job to do what we do. And sitting there, and, and I even joked today about waking up this morning. Like having butter, you know, having like that nervous through my stomach, and I'm going, okay, wait, we're not fighting, we're just going to go on the radio and talk, <laughs> you know. It, so, but you know, so you don't miss that kind of feeling, the the, the nerves sometimes that go along with it, especially later on after, uh, you know, after doing it so long, having kids, having a family, it kind of became different. Um, but I, I don't, I don't miss, I or sorry, I do miss kind of going out there and having that competitive and playing the NHL and being around the guys in the room and. I think that's what what's missed uh, more than sometimes just the the actual act of going out there and, and, and fighting. Yeah. Do, now, what was your? I know my preparation for a fight when I like just say I had you on the on the lineup in the in a week or so. My preparation would be to stress out for two days, not eat very well, and not sleep very well, and just kind of be miserable the days leading up before I had to fight you or playing your team. And I I just mentally mess with myself for so long. Were you okay with that? Because you grew up playing in juniors, like you played out west. That was kind of part of the game growing up for you. Whereas I went to college, I never fought at all. Like, how was your preparation for the days leading up to a fight? Early on in my career, I I was crazy and did enjoy it. It was like one of those ones where, like, I, I think my first two years in the HL, I had seventy fights. I had like thirty something. Holy you know, moly! You didn't even have time to think about it. You were just you're playing three and three in the weekend. And you're just getting up and you're going and you're, you know, fighting in the next game. And you just keep going. 
there was no real time to kind of think about it. I think later on is the kind of evolved and, you know, he started to have the internet and he started to have videos. And then like for my preparation, I remember near the end of it, I'm, I'm looking at fights. I'm going over every fight we've ever had or any kind of fight you ever had, or, you know, kind of just leading up to like trying to like find a, an edge of some sort. And, and that's when, when you started thinking too much about it and started to um, actually sit down, like then the nerves start creeping in, you start second guessing yourself and, you know, you want to get it over with, you're just sitting there. And it's one of those ones where, you know, it changed as you got older and the more you knew and, and kind of as you went that it, it started to creep in and get a little bit more, you know, not as, uh, not as easy as you got, you got older. Yeah. The technology really ruined it. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Cause I used to sit up on hockey fights and just analyze every single second. It's like, okay, at the start of the fight, he tries to do this and then he tries to do that. And then it's just like, you end up just mind fucking yourself and you really, yeah. Then it just becomes so much like a job and it's not even fun. All right. Yeah. I, I agree with you. It was, I didn't enjoy it once I started watching the videos. Then there was a time where I just said, you know what? I'm not watching anything anymore. And, I, and that's when I really started to kind of not like it, but it wasn't stressful. And I just kind of said, whatever, part of the game. It was like, we were lucky enough. The guy was a lefty back when, when we first came into like the HL, you know, there might be a couple of VHS tapes out there on a the guy, but you never check that. So if you, you know, if you'd be like, for a game, like this guy lefty or righty, like righty. Okay. Perfect. You know, it's like, that, that's all you have. You know, he wouldn't have this kind of, uh, it came with specialty later on, you know, it, it was almost like we trained, uh, just for that. But sometimes where you're just like, I need to be able to, uh, you know, be the strongest fighter, the best fighter in the league. I think that's where the fighters really took a turn for the, the worse where guys like, it's okay, I'm going to train. And that's all I'm going to train for is to be a fighter. And it's like, well, no, maybe we should work on our skills a little more. Cause I honestly, me and you were and a couple other guys were the last of the really tough, tough guys. Because when I came into the league, every team had, what, one or two heavies. And then when I left, it was like maybe three or four guys in the league who you had to worry about. And, yeah, it just, I don't know. Because you could play the game fairly well. You were fast. You were, you know, not a liability to your team. And it's it it was a dying breed, I think, when me and you were in the league. But when you think, you think about it, John, when you were, which, if you looked across and you're sitting there, okay, you're preparing for, uh, say, with me or whoever you're going to fight that night. And then all of a sudden that guy gets scratched. How much easier was the game to play once that was all the way? You know, like our job was so hard when you look at it because we had to not only prepare for, you know, someone trying to take our head off, but also not be a liability on the ice. Play, uh, you know, as much as you can when you get out there and not hurt your team. So it was like, well, it was one. So when, when you had a guy that, that, you know, all of a sudden you didn't have another fighter out there, then – it was a lot easier game, you know, like we, we could actually play hockey and actually play the game. I think people don't realize sometimes that, you know, how hard it can be um, to, you know, have to fight and play hockey, you know? Well, it's yeah, it, balance. you're absolutely right because I don't think people will ever, ever understand that. Just knowing that when you go into work that night, you're going to get into a fist fight with a guy who's 6'4", 250. And it just is like this little – massive boulder on your shoulder, like reminding, like, you're going to fight, you're going to fight. And like you said, before you go after the warmups, you go in the locker room and the coach will come in and write the lineup on the board. 
of the other team's starting lineup. And he'll do the, the first line, the second line, the third line. When he gets to the fourth line, you're sitting there waiting. Like, okay, who's on left wing on the fourth line? And he starts writing in the name. It's like, oh, he's not playing jackpot. It's some like random minor league guy. Like, sweet, I can play. I can do whatever I want. And it just, it's such a relief. You, you can just like, sick. Okay, here we go. I'm not nervous anymore. You start like, you're just in a completely different mood. But then when they do, oh, yeah. they do write in like, McGratton, you're like, okay, shit, or whoever it may be, you're like, okay. Then it's just like, okay, it's real. It's just so funny how like you can literally one second go from like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous to complete euphoria. Like, yes, I don't have to fight. Okay, this is great. It's so funny. So I was thinking earlier, Mark, no, go ahead. No, no, I just I think it's funny that, like the way uh, you know guys will. You talk to guys now, and I, I talk to you know different guys about fighting, and that now, and a lot of us had that same feeling. You know, it wasn't wasn't easy. You know, everyone. I always thought, oh, I'm the only one that that goes out there and is, is anxious about this for a fight. But most of the guys you talk to now, it, it, it's a thing. It was something that you know everyone was dealing with. You know, so you always thought you were behind because you're anxious, but it was something we were all. Everyone was kind of thinking that same thing. I know the one guy who I was surprised, uh, George LaRock, you're probably good friends with him. You did um, Goon 2 together, right? Goon 2, yeah. yeah. And I was blown away when he would talk talk about how nervous and scared he would get and how relieved when the other tough guy wouldn't play. I was just like, you were like the scariest human ever. Like, how is that possible? It's so bizarre. And another guy who I was terrified of, who I never fought, he asked me to fight once, was Steve McIntyre. And I talk about him in another podcast where I was just like terrified of him. And you fought him, right? I did. I fought him a couple times. Yeah. And what yeah. was that like? Like, were you crazy Wait. scared to fight him? Because he, to me, is like the so, scariest human on earth. Yeah, I, he. I knew him a little bit. Um, we did. Uh, he came to Winnipeg a couple times for some uh, hockey schools uh, back in the day uh, when we were young and after junior and that. So I, I knew him a little bit. Played against him in. I think the MJHL, the Western Hockey League. So I played him all the way through, uh, and, and we we fought. And he was one of those guys. His hands were so big that when he grabbed your jersey, it pretty much just took up the whole front of your chest. Like yeah. it would just. Probably they were just. He's just such a big man. And I, I remember doing. I did pretty well against him a couple times, um, but he's one. Of, if he catches you, he just got those big mitts on you, big farm boy. Uh, and it was just strong. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's just, he's just a big, big human. Yeah. And he's one of those guys where you can hit him in the face a dozen times and it just, he doesn't even flinch. It's like, are you, does this affect you at all, Steve? Or is this fun for you? He's just so massive. Another, have you fought John Morasti? He was the same type of guy where he was tiny and I must've hit him a dozen times. And he just like, I'm like, what's going on in your head right now? It doesn't even hurt. It's so no, I never, I never fought him. Never fought Morasky. Who's the other guy that Morasky would always fight? Yablonski. Yablonski. Yeah. Those two Did dummies. You ever go him? Yeah. yeah, they're so stupid. Those two. It's like I think they were on steroids the whole time they played hockey because they just like they just looked comical when they came on the ice. Their heads were so big, and I was just like, "Are you guys like?" And they loved fighting, which was so strange. Like I. I we fought for three minutes. It was so bizarre. No, yeah, I had the pleasure of fighting those guys. One time we played Syracuse, and I go out for warm-ups, and three of their guys are sitting on the bench reading a newspaper. 
I'm like, why are like, and they're like, yeah, we're not playing much tonight. We're just going to fight. I'm like, holy moly. Like talk about mental games. Like they, I was totally terrified coming on the ice. I was like, oh my gosh, it was crazy. Anyways, enough about fighting. What are you up to nowadays, Colton? Tell us about you. Well, it's, you know, I've been uh, living here in New York. Um, I got a, you know, a wife and two kids and, uh, you know, I enjoyed enjoying that time getting to have that with my kids. Um, but for me, I, I've stayed around the game of hockey. Um, I'm doing a lot in the, the community here with the New York Rangers alumni and their youth hockey programs, their learn to play programs. Um, but, but, you know, I've always, I've always talked about how in, in hockey, how, you know, I always protected people. I protect my teammates and, uh, it's kind of a job that I always enjoyed doing and, and, you know, I was proud of what I did. And so now for me, what I've done is I've, I've started my own kind of, uh, hockey clinics and my own academy. So I started the Colton or hockey Academy. And what I'm doing is I'm trying to teach kids how to, uh, you know, protect themselves on ice. And I'm not, I don't want to talk about, you know, teach them to fight. I'm, I'm going to teach them how to, you know, make sure that they're able to, you know, take body contact and body checking properly and seriously, um, from a young age. So that when they, you know, do start hitting that, you know, not only are they ready to, to hit and hit properly, but they're also ready to, you know, receive hits, not put themselves in dangerous positions and make sure that they're, you know, well aware of themselves on the ice. Um, it's one of those skills I think that's been lacked a little bit because there's so much emphasis on skating, stick handling and, you know, skill now, which is understandable because the game's changed a lot. Yeah. Um, but some of this stuff has been taken away a lot where kids aren't being taught how to hit properly or take a hit properly um, because of all this emphasis on, on the skill. Uh, so, you know, you can you lead to injury and, and different things. So for me, uh, I'm just trying to, you know, help these young kids and, uh, you know, give them the kind of tools they need to be able to kind of be well-rounded players and, and add to their game to be able to help them, uh, uh, you know, you know, continue their career, especially once hitting starts. Yeah, I think that's important because you you look these days and there are a handful of guys on each team who know how to hit and they're fast and they're strong. And these skill guys, they used to be so skilled and slippery and talented when they were growing up where they never really needed to learn how to take a hit until you get to the show. And it's like, wait a minute, I got guys coming around who are super fast, they're agile, they're strong. And now you see these skill guys just get lit up all the time. And it's like... Maybe you should have, you know, learned how to take a hit because it, it wasn't needed when they were growing up. They were learning how to toe drag, do saucer passes, be slippery. And then all of a sudden you have like a, a Matt Martin or a Ryan Reeves or a Cal Clutterbuck buzzing around. They are just burying these skill guys. And it's yeah. just, yeah, I think that's, that's, uh, and especially, especially now when you have no answer to anymore, you know, like you yeah. should be able to have uh, a guy where you would answer to, to me or Gratton or you or whoever, you know. Uh, and that would kind of tone the game down a bit. Now that's not there. So you get these guys that once would be scared to run around, um, run around a lot more freely. Uh, so you do see these more big devastating hits. And uh, so it's something that, you know, I've kind of taken pride in and I do uh, enjoy, you know, work with youth hockey players and be able to kind of teach them this and, and pass on what, you know, what I've learned in my career. And, uh, you know, hopefully it can, it can help them. You're giving back, Colton. You're such a good human. I admire you. I know, right? Thank you, John. Man, Appreciate if I was it. there, if I was there, I'd give you a big old hug. It's so nice. Uh, well, that'd be, you know, that'd be better than, uh, you know, punch me in the face. So. One day. Well, I'll do that. No, we'll do that later. So I was sick of the big hits. Did you ever get suspended in your career? I've got one suspension under my career, and, and I've actually, uh, I guess I wasn't proud of it, but uh, I, I, I cross-checked, uh, well, the whole story behind it was, uh, Donald Brashear fought Brendan Shanahan. 
Okay. Uh, and so, you know, it's one of those things where you, you, you know, I'm, I'm not going to allow kind of like you going after Kessel. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to allow Donald Brashear fight, uh, you know, Brendan Shanahan. So first chance I get, I go after Ovechkin and they're up a face off. I come across the circle and I cross check him, uh, in the teeth and I knock out his, his front teeth. Nice. Uh, yeah. So, you know, if you want to ever see him smile, you can kind of see those, those teeth missing. But, uh, you know, so it's just one of those ones where I was reacting to, you know, to, to them the way they, you know, went after our guy. We're going to go after your guy. And I got, I got five games for that, uh, for that, for that one. That was my only, uh, only suspension, uh, that I had. That's not bad. So you didn't lose out on much money. I got dinged up a few times because remember Tim Jackman from Anaheim? He went after Mark Edward Vlasic and I went after him a few times during one season. And I think I got suspended eight or nine games because of him. And he cost me about a couple hundred grand. I was so pissed. And now every time I see him, I'm like, this flipping guy owes me. 200 grand and i'm just like and oh, i missed man, out i missed out on the pension like the the next quarter by like four games I'm like you owe me like a bunch of pension money too tim you, you had to go collect on that well, one well it's just like yeah it's so i was so upset I'm like this guy because yeah if they're going to suspend somebody they're going to go right after me and you because we're the easy target these days but anyways, man, hey, I don't want to take up any more of your time. If uh, anybody wants to get a hold of Colton, just go to coltonorhockey.com, right, Colton? Yep, yep, that's it, yep. And then Check follow it out. me on Enforcer on Twitter and Instagram and, and visit my website. And you can get all the information there. I like that, Enforcer. He's so smart. Yeah. He's so that's handsome. Dog, got, He's so that, strong. That was all, all my wife. That one, I didn't come up with that one. Uh, well, you're take, smart I enough. can't take credit for that one. You're smart to listen to your wife. That's what I try to do. Uh, Just make zero decisions yeah. in your life. It works for me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. We should do it again sometime. Yes, thanks, Dan. I appreciate having you on. And uh, best luck with your podcast and uh, everything you're doing here at uh, post-hockey uh, year. You too, buddy. We'll talk soon. Cold Noir, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Manplow. If you haven't yet, go out and grab a Manplow. They are excellent for shoveling snow. And if you're in the market for a shovel, use coupon code John Scott to get a nice little discount for your new shovel purchase or whatever else. They have a lot of other products. So check it out. Coupon code John Scott, Manplow. Love it.